Hey, this is Andy Lucas, pastor of Emmaus Road Church in Fort Collins, Colorado. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope this message helps you grow in your walk with Christ. If you'd like to support this ministry, visit theroadfc.org and click the giving link. Well, good morning. It's good to have everybody here. We have several visitors today, and we're glad that you have chosen to come to Emmaus Road this morning. It's good to see all of your smiling faces. Thanks for scooting in. That makes me feel a little more secure, so (laughs) appreciate it very much. Thank you, Angie, for reading the scripture for us, and thanks for the praise team. I love our praise team, and uh, Ryan did a great job this morning with those. Appreciate it very much. So, Well, who am I? Some of you have gotten to know me a little bit, Um, I am here filling in for a pastor today that is at, I think, the prayer seminar. He and um, uh, Justin also is is there. So I'm filling in today. You get to listen to me. So I better tell you just a couple of things about me. Uh, My audience usually are teenagers. So if you want to feel like a teenager today, I'm asking you not always to act like one. But I'm glad that you're here. And when I'm not speaking to teenagers... I speak a lot to women, and uh, so men, just hang in there. I'll say something that, (laughs) never had much opportunity to speak to a group of men. So I did speak to a uh, JC's meeting. I don't know. That was 100 years ago. So um, I come to you um, after serving in full-time ministry most of the last years from 1975, and serving in full-time ministry is my calling, and where God has placed me. Currently, I uh, have just moved here from Colorado Springs about a year ago, where I was teaching at the Nazarene Bible College, teaching Christian education courses from my heart, because that's what I've lived, but teaching communication courses from my head. And uh, now that I have moved here, I am teaching itty-bitty kids three and four years old at a preschool. And beginning in September this year, I get to be the chapel speaker every week to 68 kids that are shorter than me. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) finally. So if you're 10, you're probably taller than me. I'm so, I don't know. Well, we're going to be talking today about uh, probably nothing that you have not heard before. But I'm here to remind you and encourage you in light of what's going on in our world. I want today to be your encourager. I want to remind us through lots of scripture what God tells us. And what I have decided in my whole life is meant for me. If it's in scripture, it's something that I need to obtain and soak in, and saturate myself with, and live in my everyday life. So that's the uh, basis of what I'm coming to you today. I am not a preacher. I am a teacher. And uh, if you have the bulletin insert, you might want to have that with a pen in a little while. As a teacher, I probably will give you something to do. And it won't be homework. All right. Um... If you can get the picture started up there, there is a picture of my beautiful daughter and my even more beautiful granddaughter. 
Now, without causing any embarrassment, especially to the three-year-old, they're sitting back over there in the back. So this baby is now three years old. She just turned three. This is the gown that she wore on her dedication day. It's called a christening gown, and I have bragging rights that I created this. And I'm going to give you a little lesson about creation, my creation. Now, um, in my years of ministry, about 27 of those years was as a pastor's wife. And when somebody in the congregation would have a baby, my favorite gift to give, if they wanted it and if they needed it, was a christening gown or a boring little boy's romper. The christening gowns are just a blast. And so when I finally, after two grandsons, got a granddaughter, I knew that I was going to create the most beautiful christening gown for my granddaughter for her baby dedication day. And so this is what I did. Now, I went to the fabric store, coupon in hand, because this fabric was extremely expensive. (laughs) Okay? I needed half price to afford it. So I went, I chose a little simple pattern, but it was kind of just boring, so I made some choices. I chose this lovely, lovely fabric that had all of the glisten and glimmer in the wedding department, of course, and it had all of these beads and sequins, and I chose my favorite fabric. I chose the itty-bitty little buttons. I chose a fabric that would last through the years because not only will my granddaughter wear this, but I am trusting that in a few years way down the road, her granddaughter will still be wearing it. Now, I made choices. I took that basic simple pattern to get the size. For you that do construction, men, those saws and all that stuff, You know when you are building something, you got to put it together in the right order? That's what you do with dresses, too. And so since I changed that simple little pattern to make it mine, my design, my creation, I had to kind of redo some of those directions to figure out how to get the scalloped edge up here when the pattern didn't call for it. But my talent, my expertise from sewing since I've been eight years old taught me how to do all of that. And so I pulled from my own resources how to make this my very own creation. Now, to top it all off, inside are two labels. The fun one says, Grandma Loves Me. Woohoo! The other one says, An Original Made by Vicki Sisson. That is my label. And it is inside my granddaughter's christening gown forever. All right? With that one-of-a-kind dress, nobody else on planet Earth has this dress because it is my creation. And I want to refer us now back to our creator. I invested my focus, my creation, my attention. I invested my time, my talent, my energies, my love, my devotion, I put all of that as I stitched every seam 
and hemmed every piece. I invested myself in this. And I want to remind us today that God, our heavenly creator, invested all of himself into each one of us as he created us. He invested his focus, his attention, his time, his energies, his knowledge, his power. It's all inside of each one of us. And my first point for those in communication and public speaking that I have taught, my first point, God chose you on purpose, designed you on purpose, just the way you are. Flaws, warts, beauty, it's all created by God. And he chose you to be the way you are. Ephesians 2 Verse 10, for we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. And let me jump now to Psalm 139, and I know you've heard these verses many times, but will today, will you just own them in a new, fresh way? And from the message, oh yes, you shaped me first inside, then out. You formed me in my mother's womb. I thank you, high God. You're breathtaking. Body and soul, I am marvelously made. I worship in adoration. What a creation each one of you are today. Slide, uh, excuse me, you know exactly how I was made, bit by bit. How I was sculpted from nothing into something. Like an open book, you watched me grow from conception to birth. All the stages of my life were spread out before you. The days of my life all prepared before I even lived just one. God knew you as he was creating you. He knew every little cell, every little stitch that he was putting into you. Just as I know that inside of this dress, there's a few little flaws. It would take a very good seamstress to find them. And I can be proud of that because of how much I invested. But even with the flaws, it does not take away from the beauty of the whole. Even with our flaws, it does not take away from the beauty of the creation that God gave to us. Can you see the focus that God placed on you through these scriptures? Can you feel his personal care and every thought that he put into you? I'd like to ask you, what makes you unique today? Now, I don't want to embarrass anybody, but when nobody's looking, you can kind of look at somebody else and compare maybe height, noses. Can you believe there are so many shapes of noses in the world? I mean, everybody has a different one. It's just, there's a lot of people. It's kind of like the fish. Didn't God have fun on the day that he created the fish? There are some goofy fish. And I'm sure that he giggled all the way through creating the fish and the birds. And I'm not sure about the insects yet. So I don't look at those very often. But God designed each one of us different. Now, some of you he made tall. And the rest of you like me, might be stuck down here at being the size of a 10-year-old boy. It doesn't matter, I guess. 
Are you an introvert? Did God design you to be the extrovert? It doesn't matter. We need all of that, don't we? I heard on the radio the other day, just about two weeks ago, that uh, men actually look in the mirror more often than women. If they're passing by, looking in the windows as you're walking downtown, that men do that more often than women. I was a little surprised about it. And then the radio announcer went on to explain the difference of when a woman looks in the mirror, we go right to our bad spot to make sure it's not looking horrible. The men, on the other hand, all praise to you guys, they go by and look in the mirror, and they look at their best spot. They're checking themselves out. So they're a little more positive than us women. So we might want to learn something from the men today. Just as God, or just as I, put a label inside of my little dress to claim to be the creator, God put a label inside of each one of us. And that label, I believe, is in our DNA. It's in every cell. And as Angie read Psalm 103, it says, Oh, my soul, bless God. It is in that God-given soul that God put himself so that we, as his creation, can turn back around and bless him. He created us for himself, for his own pleasure, for, his, for the love that we can give and receive from him. And I believe wholeheartedly that within every cell of our body, it longs to go back to our creator. So if you're in trouble hanging off a cliff and nobody's around, and you have one finger left hanging on, who are you going to cry out to? Oh, God, save me. All right, he's who our insides, our soul, go back to always. Now, a little bit of classroom work here. If you have your bulletin insert, and you know your ABCs. Again, now I work with three-year-olds and four-year-olds, and we learn the alphabet. And I've traveled with teenagers for tens of thousands of miles. And you always play alphabet games, so that's what we're going to do here for just a moment. God is, and we have an entire alphabet. So as you, I'm going to read down some things that I came up with. But you can write down your ABCs of what God is to you. Now I believe that God is all-powerful, almighty, He's accurate, he's absolute, he's amazing, he's bold, he's beautiful, and as your creator, he is comforting, he's caring, he's challenging, and he promises to walk with us through every challenge that he puts in front of us. And do you know that I have learned through my 300 years of living, that God is always before me, always beside me, always behind me, encouraging. And he has never, never failed me. People fail. They will fail. Your best, best friend probably will fail you at some time or another. God has never Never failed. 
God is divine. He's devoted. He gives direction. He's eternal. He's endless. And God is simply enough. He is faithful. He is a very safe father. And he's forgiving. He is good. He is great. And he is full of grace for who? Me and you. Each one of us, full of grace. Are you coming up with some different ones? Mine are pretty simple. Three-year-olds, holy and hallowed. He is incomprehensible. He's infinite. He's intelligent. He's just. And thank goodness he's joyful. Does he fill you with his joy? He's kind. There's a four-letter word I wish the world knew. Kind. In one of my youth groups, that was the only rule I had. Be kind. Are you a rule follower or a rule breaker? I've seen them all in teenagers. I think some of you are rule breakers. When I'm driving on I-25 out here, um, I want to tell everybody there is no trophy at the end of the road for you getting there first. Okay? I'm just glad on I-25 that I can arrive alive. All right, and I come up here to Fort Collins nearly every day. God is kind. God is loving. He's living. He's light to our path. And he loves your laughter. He's majestic. He's magnificent. And he offers his mercy. God is necessary. Okay, here comes the big words. He's omnipresent, omniscient, and omnipotent. Hooray for that. He's praiseworthy. He's powerful, pure. He's perfect. He's proven. And he offers you peace and patience. And he is your provider for all of that. He's qualified. He's right. He's rational. And he is our rest. And I'm thanking God for the last two weeks, my daughter and I got to spend a few extra days at Golden Bell Camp just chilling out and resting. That was wonderful. For somebody that's on the go all the time, it's great to just rest. God is sacred. He is sanctified. He is sovereign. He is supreme. And he is superior. God is timeless. He's true. He's trustworthy. And he trusts you with a plan and a purpose. He's unstoppable. He's unlimited. He's understanding. And he's certainly beyond my understanding. He's victorious. He's vital. He's virtuous. He's wise and willing to be all that we need. He's excellent. He's exceptional. And he's exhilarating. Okay, I cheated. (laughs) You did too. So, all right. Anybody come up with an X? All right. He yearns for you. He's zealous. And he's very jealous for your love and for your attention. This God, your designer, has chosen you 
And he longs for you to choose him daily. He doesn't force you to love him, but he invites you, and he anticipates that love. He gives you the freedom to choose him. He created you, but he does not demand your return love. He asks for it. He hopes for it. So he gives you the freedom to choose him and to make choices for your own life. My second point simply is God gives you choices. He chose you and he gives you choices. Because we're studying the book of Proverbs, and Proverbs is my very favorite book in the entire Bible, and it has 31 chapters, you can read a chapter a day and become wiser because of the words that are just in the book of Proverbs. Um, I loved when, uh, yes, and your name has just jumped right out of my head, does it? How many is over 50 and it does it all the time? Rick, Rick, see, I just needed a moment. It comes eventually. Rick, you shared some of my favorite verses the other day. As a dog returns to its vomit, so shall a fool return to his folly. Mm-hmm. Think about it. We do it. And as that gold ring in that pig's snout is a beautiful woman that shows no discretion. Some of those are my favorite verses. It's better to live in the corner of the house, than, in the corner of the attic, than in a house with a quarrelsome spouse. Mm-hmm. Don't you want to go hide in the attic some days? Okay. Proverbs chapter 10. And if you have your insert, I want you to look at Proverbs chapter 10. I did not put all of the verses in there because it wouldn't squeeze in. And I have to have the print big enough so that I can see it. How about you? Mm-hmm. In this, look at those, I think, 14 verses that I put in there. What word do you see that keeps repeating in those verses? Wise. All right. It's going to give you a wise choice, and then it's going to give you a not-so-wise choice. And what is the word, that connecting word, that puts those together? But. I said but. From the pulpit. Out of 32 verses in this chapter, there are, I think, 28 buts. And they're big. All right. And I'm not going to say it again. But it's there. All right. Proverbs, and Pastor has mentioned this several times. Proverbs, these are not, these are not promises. These are big probabilities. If you do this, if you act this way, probably the wiser choice is going to result in better things. But if you choose the folly, the stupid, the lazy, your results probably are going to be not so wise, not so good. It's our choice. We get to choose. Every day in our life, we get to make choices. First Timothy 4.12 tells us that as believers, we are to set an example for other believers and for our world. We're to be the example as a Christ follower in speech, in conduct, in love, 
in faith and in purity. That's our job as a Christ follower. That's our privilege. And do we ever have to do all of that on our own? Mm -mm. He supplies us with all of the love, all of the strength that we need to make any of these actions happen. I have chosen to live by the verses in Galatians, that is the fruit of the Spirit. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Hello. Some people have difficulty with that one. The next phrase in that verse is one of my favorites. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Against these, there is no law. You will not get thrown in jail for loving and for caring and for having self-control and for being gentle. You can overdose on these, and it is okay. Please do. Please grab some of these and just go for it. And one more favorite verse in the Bible, verses in the Bible that I love and I have chosen to live by, is when God tells us how to dress. All right? So this is found in Colossians. So, chosen by God... For this new life of love, dress in the wardrobe that God picked out for you. Put on compassion. Put on kindness. Put on quiet strength and discipline. Be even-tempered. Content with second place. Hmm, kind of goes contrary to what we're taught, isn't it? I'm the most important. I need to be first place in everything. Mm -mm. Be content with second place. Be quick to forgive an offense. Forgive as quickly and completely as the master forgave you. And regardless of whatever, what else you put on, wear what? Wear love. It's your basic all-purpose garment, never be without it. It is your favorite pair of blue jeans. Ladies, it's your basic black dress, which I didn't get into today. It's what is comfortable. Let the peace of Christ, the peace of Christ, keep you in tune with each other, in step with each other, None of this going off and always doing your own thing. And cultivate. Cultivate thankfulness. That means promote it. Encourage it. Nurture it. Thankfulness. Let the word of Christ, the message, have the run of the house. Give it plenty of room in your life. Instruct and direct one another using good common sense. Where do you go to buy that? Walmart carry it? 
target. And then it tells us to sing. And not just sing, but sing your hearts out to God. Let every detail of your life, words, actions, whatever, be done in the name of the Master Jesus, thanking God the Father every step of the way. I would like to ask you today to take these verses, frame it if you want to, hang it in your closet. And when you get dressed in the morning, will you slide on compassion? Will you slide on kindness? Will you walk in the paths that God has set and not demand your own selfish ways, but put on love every day? I'd like to ask, what maybe are you struggling with today? What answers are you needing in life? What decisions lay out in front of you and what direction is God leading and directing you to? And this leads me to my final point today, which is about this long. All right, my final point. We have learned that God chose us and that God gives us choices. And it is up to us. And I want to encourage you today to just simply choose wisely. Why do a repeat of yesterday with unwise choices when today we can change one choice and make it wiser and get better results? I believe that if we keep our focus on our Creator and that we build that trust in Him, that we can know that He will help us in any decision that we have to make anywhere in our life journey. He will give us direction and purpose because why? Because He created us. He knew where we were going. He gives us the power. He gives us and supplies us with all the strength and wisdom that we need. He trusts you, and he's given you the right stuff to make good decisions. And as you walk through this life, learn just to know that he's leading, he's suggesting, he's urging, he's nudging, and he wants to grow each one of us. Don't fight the process. Rest in it. Communicate with your creator. Now, I have a master's degree in communication, but I did not learn how to communicate with God through sitting in classes and writing terrible research papers. I learned how to communicate with God from listening to him with my heart from the time I was 10 years old, and he wanted me to receive his son as my personal spirit, my personal savior. And I knew it was God talking to me. A creator has no problem communicating with his creation. Listen to him with your heart. He's got the answers. He's got the solutions to any of our daily problems, any of the situations that we face. He's excellent in the field of communication.